Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. song for geeks against the grain so you guys don't always think it's the start of geek vibes live we have a new theme song um so huge shout out to kanan for that um if it sounds a little messed up sorry it's blog talk's fault not ours the actual clear copy sounds really 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 good um so i want to apologize for that and thank kanan so much for helping us get that theme song um but let me introduce my panelists um because i feel like i'm being super rude uh start with tia what's going on tia how are you? Um, first of all, I was going to say, as that uh, new theme song was kind of rocking for some reason, I was thinking about that whole like space scene in Thor Ragnarok, like the battle as they're trying to uh, escape. Uh, I forget what the place was freaking called. But anyway, that's what I thought about. So awesome job, Kanan. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, oh, Hella, were you talking about Hella? Uh, no, no, no. Um, when they're trying to leave the planet Thor, Valkyrie, and Bruce, and they're being chased by um, the yeah. Grandmasters people. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Got you, got you, got you. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Again, huge shout out to Kanan. Um, it, it was a really, like, it, it started off as, like, a conspiracy theory kind of, like, kind of vibe to it, and then it got into, like, you know, like, really getting you a little hype. Um so I loved it when he first played it for me. So, again, thank you to him. Uh, and also, without further ado, Mike. What's going on, Mike? What's up, guys? I am so excited because you want to know why? The MCU can finally have the villain that they've never had and the villain that they deserve, and there's going to be enough doom for all. I've been waiting for this for 12 years now for a real villain in the MCU. Dr. Doom, been waiting forever, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, and it's to the point to where it's kind of like um, I originally got upset with Captain Marvel and the idea of um, both, uh, well, not both, but the villain um, living. I was just kind of like, wait, hold on. You pick now to like, again, let me just stress this. I'm a huge Jude Law fan, huge Jude Law fan. But you choose Jude Law's horrible character on, of Yon Rod to let him live? 
but you'll kill Obadiah State. Like, you'll kill all the really good villains that we would have loved to have seen again. And it's just like, oh, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, no, that's the one you do kill. And then you keep Red Skull so we can see him again. You keep Obadiah State so we can see him again. Uh, man, I can't tell you how much that drove me crazy. But, yes, Doom seems like the guy that will break the mold. Um, obviously, Doom won't be dying in whatever film he, he, he comes in at. Um, oh, I'd be, I'd be, yeah. oh, rage if they put him a one and done movie. Oh my God. The no, rage Kevin Feige, he knows if there's one thing, one thing we can trust Kevin Feige to know how important Doom is. I mean, mainly because I think everyone would love to see Doom versus Stark, um, and see Doom outsmart Stark. Like that, that's something I think we all would love to see. Outsmart um, Stark, outstrength Captain America, if he's alive, you know, all that if good he's stuff. Alive, yep. Exactly, exactly. Um, I didn't even introduce myself. I'm your host, Juwan. Let's get right into the meat of it. We've already started to, to talk a little bit about this, this merger. Um, Mike, I want to kind of kick it to you first. I want you to kind of go into um, if you think there was any negative coming out of this Disney-Fox merger, um, what would you say would be one of the negatives? Were you asking me or Tia? I'm sorry. Mike, sorry, sorry. Okay, I, 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 I guess I, the only thing that I had a concern about is, you know, you got to deal with that whole M-word, and that M-word is Monopoly. Uh, I've been in support of them getting the rights to Fantastic Four back. Didn't really care about the Fantastic Four, just Doom is my favorite Marvel villain, and I thought, what can they do that can be bigger than Thanos? I was like, okay, then you can build up. I mean, who is going to come after him and actually feel like a threat? Doom could actually feel like a threat, for sure. They can... I don't think the, the Avengers versus Galactus is something I really give a, a damn to see, but Avengers versus Doom is definitely something I wanted to see. So I was always in support of it. Uh, as much as I've, I've liked the hit and miss of the, uh, the X-Men universe, um, I've enjoyed some of those movies, but I'm going to be honest, they've never felt like the X-Men that I grew up reading. And I feel like in the hands of Kevin Feige, they can probably come closer to being, I don't want to say my X-Men, like some kind of you know dork or something like that. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it. But, uh, yeah, the Monopoly thing is kind of concerning. You know, uh, I can get where that's coming from, but I'm also looking at some of these some of these properties that they have that people don't think about that that Fox owns, like Planet of the Apes, uh, Alien, uh, the Aragon series. Something that you know they tried to do one time and may not have done it that well. Maybe Disney can try it again. Like I'd love to see them do another uh, try at the Aragon movies because that first movie of Aragon was terrible. So I'd love to see them do stuff like that. But I, I think that the, the good definitely outweighs the bad. But I can see why people are concerned about okay disney's already got kind of a stranglehold i mean think that they what are they what are they crossing like about 12 billion a year just at the cinema this year now just that's what they're grossing yeah. so i think uh yeah. i can see why people are concerned about it but you know um do better you know if you don't if you don't want someone to have a monopoly then do better yeah and i mean it, it's it's funny because it's like being being bothered by the idea of the monopoly. It's one of those things where it's like, I can't recall the last thing Disney did that I thought was just atrocious. Um, I could name at least six Fox, Fox properties that I thought were just atrocious. Um, so it's like, if Disney can do it better, then do it better. I think it's one of those things where it's like, I can't tell you how many people complained about X-Men or Fantastic Four for years, for years, for years, for years, for years. We need better. I want better. Show us better. Disney gets them, and now it's like, no, I, I want the old character. And it's like, dude, well, hold on. <laughs> You've just been telling everyone how much you hated all the X-Men movies, 
and now that they're somewhere where they could be better, um, you know, like, no, 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 let's go back. It's like, dude, relax. And then everyone who's just getting upset about Disney owning everything, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I would love for Disney to own the world because that means all the properties that we want to see will be done well. Um, so I'm, I'm completely fine with that. I mean, like, I think I think it was our I think it was our last episode where we were talking about Suicide Squad where I said what I like about Kevin Feige is he gives the fans what they want. He doesn't do the overdoing our own thing. He gives the fans what they want. It may not be exactly how they think it's going to happen, but those big crowd pleasing moments are there, and fans usually appreciate that. So, yeah, that's why I love the X Men, dude. I've got about sixty issues that I'm looking at on my bookshelf right now of X Men. I love this. I want to see it done right. So. If it's got to be a Disney monopoly to do it, let's go for it. Yeah, and I mean, quick thing before I pass it to you, Tia. It's crazy because it's like what Kevin Feige does, and again, he's worked this up with Disney to be able to do it, is um, trust. They trust him. Uh, and, and Kevin Feige is the exact reason why any uh, studio that's trying to start a universe has to have a guy. You have to have a guy who is completely invested in that product. Um, so he's not invested in the dollar. He's invested in pr- uh, producing quality content. Um, and I think that's what Warner Brothers had been lacking. You didn't have a, a, a someone who was like a visionary, someone who loved the content and would let the studio worry about the dollar. I want to worry about giving the fans everything they've always wanted to see. Um, and, again, like you just said, Kevin Feige's done that amazingly. Um, but I think that's also a studio issue because I can probably tell you nine times out of ten, a lot of the Warner Brothers directors that might have done something that we didn't like or it didn't really pan out that well would have preferred to have given us something more accurate, but then the studio was kind of just like, no, sorry, like n- not, not going to happen. And what's funny about that really quickly is that the studio was cool with Zach killing Superman off, um, like brutally killing Superman off. But then they were like, no, 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 no. All this Joker you want to put in here with the violence and stuff? No, 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 no. Sorry. Can't do that, David Ayer. We can't be having all this violence. But it's cool that we just murdered Superman um, in the last movie. But no, no, we draw the line here with any mischief that the human Joker could get himself into. Um, They sound like they're back on the right track finally. Thank goodness. Yes, thank goodness. Um, I did see Shazam, and it's I'm very, so jealous. Very, yeah, I it's take my so kid to a T-ball fun. game. I didn't get to go. It's so much fun. You're really going to enjoy it when you see it. Um, but, yes, yeah, sorry to you. I can keep going. Um, I want to pass it over <laughs> to you. Um, were there any negatives that, that you took from um, this Disney-Fox merger? Um, and then if you just kind of wanted to piggyback off of anything Mayor Mike said, um, what was yours? So, Obviously, we've all wanted all of the characters to be together since day one. I love what you guys said about how people are now complaining when I can't remember anyone at the time, at least, when, say, X-Men Apocalypse came out, people saying anything really positive, and people have been complaining, and continuity has been brought up. I mean, hell, they even made fun of it in the Deadpool movies, so... I don't really understand that, but I guess nostalgia makes people weepy or something like that. But the negative, I guess, that I see as I'm kind of looking into it is um, all the jobs that the Fox people are going to lose. Just because 
from a personal level, my mom was kind of in that situation where she was in a company that was, uh, you know, that she was in it for a really long time, and then another company came and did a quote-unquote merger, but everyone from her company, including her, lost their job. So I uh, see that and feel for it on a sympathetic level that the people who are kind of on the ground who have really nothing to do with the, the planning or anything, you know, about 4,000 jobs are going to be lost. So that's uh, the negative that I see from it. Um, so I just kind of wanted to mention that a little. I never understood in these mergers why the the company that's taking over wouldn't want to keep that since, especially since Disney is taking over so many properties when they need extra people. But that, I digress, I don't want to stay on that for too long. That's just the negative that I see right now. And also, with people's concern that we're not really going to have the adult content that uh, Fox was okay and comfortable with putting out. I mean, Logan was rated R, but let's point out that Disney has said that they're going to bring over Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, and they're keeping that. So that shows a lot that Disney sees people really enjoyed Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. They were not ready to see that go. I think at this point, whether people want to admit it or not, because again, nostalgia factor, but I think people are ready to see the X-Men recast, but no one is ready to see Deadpool recast, or at the very least, see a G-rated Deadpool. Yeah, I want to start off with what you were saying about <clears throat> about the jobs, because that is something that um, that does get buried in all the excitement for um, Disney getting their characters back. The biggest thing about um, about like a merger, especially of that size, is that you're thinking you're Disney, so you know none of those people um, who are over there at Fox, and you might even kind of feel like they weren't really doing that great of a job. Um, so usually the best thing to do in a merger um, is probably hang on to, like, core people coming over. Um, but everybody else, uh, and I, I don't mean to sound uh, like a jerk saying this, but is somewhat expendable. Um, you kind of just feel like it's a role you would rather uh, fill than to have filled, and then you don't like um, what the people are, are producing. I get the idea of give them a chance, let them acclimate themselves and improve. That's just unfortunately not how it, it goes in the business world. Um, you, you want your own people. Um, and I'm sure with all these, uh, excuse me, all these films and, 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 and stuff like that that Disney has now, um, they want their own people to work on it. I mean, it's the same reason why Kevin Feige would be in a huge rush to recast the X-Men. It's like, he doesn't want to have to work off of what someone else built. He wants to build his own. Um, so, unfortunately, that's the aspect of it. But something I did want to touch on, the idea of the people losing their jobs, Tia, and this is mainly catered to people that I've seen talking about this all over Facebook and, and, and Twitter. People losing their jobs in this merger, as much as it sucks, I shouldn't feel like I'm a jerk because I enjoy the idea that Disney got um, their characters back. Because, I mean, that's truly all that <laughs> we're really excited about. <laughs> it's not the idea of, like, oh, Disney has, like, aliens and all that. It's like, no, no, no. We just want it, like, if there was a way Fox 
could still keep all their workers and we get our characters back, we'd be fine with that. Um, so I just try to remind everyone, like, me enjoying this doesn't mean that I'm heartless to the people that lost their jobs. I do feel for them. But, I mean, it's like I really want these characters back. So, like, I really hope you find work elsewhere. But, like, I'm really glad Wolverine can, like, high-five Iron Man. Um, so it, and it, that's what of it. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and this is what it's had to come to because – there was nothing that could be reached in order for the characters to be together, it seems like, other than Disney literally going, you know what, then you're not going to give us uh, Wolverine, you're not going to give us any of those characters, then I guess we just have to buy you out right now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was was as simple as as Disney just going, you know, it'd probably be less of a headache. Because I think the main thing they were thinking is, they hate what they're doing with Sony. Like, they hate that they have to share anything. Um, They would prefer to have Spider-Man, to where they don't have to share him, they don't have to worry about uh, another studio building a a somewhat crappy universe, uh, just waiting for Tom Holland to to come back to. Um, So they were probably like, I I don't want to have to borrow Wolverine. Like, I just want him. Like, I want all these characters, so whenever I want to use them, I have them. I don't have to ask for permission. Um, so, I mean, it logically made sense. Now, the the part that frustrated some people, as Mike was saying before about the idea of the monopoly, is everything else that Disney got in this Fox merger. Um, I think a lot of people were, were cool with just getting the, the characters back, you know, um, but I think what bothered a lot of people is, like, that, that's not all. <laughs> that's not all they got. Like, Family Guy, that's Disney now. Like, Simpsons, that's Disney now. Like, they're all Disney now. Um, but the biggest Bob thing Burgers is, is Disney now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Geek Vibes Nation is Disney now. No, but um, the biggest thing you have to remember is Disney just likes making money. So, like, the idea of them keeping Ryan Reynolds is purely for the idea of they saw how much money that first one made. Like, the second one didn't really rebound all that well, um, but obviously it's a character that generates a lot of money. That's why I first said, if you're Marvel, I mean, Disney, rather, sorry, I would give Ryan Reynolds his own show and put it on the, the Disney Plus app um, and then ease my way into a Deadpool 3 or um, an X-Force, mainly because it's Ryan Reynolds. He works anywhere. He works animated. We see that with Pikachu. He works on, on sitcom-level stuff. He works on movies. Just put him, put him as a show um, and watch how that just generates insane amount of uh, of streams for, for that uh that new streaming service that they have coming out. But we'll see what they're what they're gonna do. They they have a plan. They have a plan and that's one thing that I trust Disney with more than I do the A team. And that's when a plan comes together. It usually always works out for Disney. Not always for the A team. Um but anyway, Mike, I wanna go back to you. I want you to kinda walk me through some of the things uh or pick out a highlight of the thing you truly enjoyed most about this Disney-Fox merger, something that just leaped out to you more so than anything? Well, gee, I already went on about Doom and X-Men. Let me think. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe we can get the uh, actual original cuts of Star Wars now. No? Maybe? Yeah. Because I know Fox, Fox, Fox owned, it, owned the right? rights to the original versions of the, of the trilogy, you know, the, the, the non-CGI diarrhea versions that, that George kept putting out. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you kind of put me on the spot on that one. I, if I could touch on the, the job thing, uh, I'm yeah, someone absolutely. 
who 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 worked for a company for 12 years loved it there it was like everyone was like close to the family and we got acquired and our office got shut down so i can understand how that feels to to to, to lose your job or something like that however if it meant that as you said wolverine's gonna get the high five iron man eh, i'll make that sacrifice i will say by the way just to kind of point Thank out you. I really doubt that these Fox employees aren't going to get an amazing severance package. And they'll get another job quickly, too. Yeah, I would be shocked if, uh, you know, they're not given a good severance package. So, I mean, at least there's that. And as Mike says, they're in the business. I'm sure, you know, not to come off like I know things, but I'm sure they're going to get work elsewhere. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the thing. That's the thing. The qualifications are there. Um, depending on what level they had over at Fox, it's not going to be that difficult to get a job. And, again, it does not mean that they can't get jobs at Disney. It just means Disney's like, I'm not going through 4,000 different employees to see which ones I want to keep. Um, just get rid of all of them, and then, like, as positions open, they'll apply, and then if they work out, we'll bring them over. Um, but just from a business standpoint, no, I don't want to go through, like, over 4,000-plus employees. Like, no, 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 just get rid of all of them. And then as positions become open, they'll apply or, you know, we'll do it homegrown. Um, and then we'll fill them that way. But, again, I, I don't think any of these people are going – like, none of them are, are going to be struggling. I, I think they'll, they'll easily rebound. It might not be in the, the highest of fields, um, but they'll, they'll definitely find something. They, they all have really good qualifications. Like, to work at a, a studio is not, like, an easy thing to do. Um, so we can just assume they're going to they're gonna bounce back. Um, excuse me, I'll actually go to you really quickly. Um, something very positive that stood out to you with this um, Disney Fox merger. Oh, uh, I guess we're already kind of talking about it. It's just seeing the characters actually able to be together and everything. I do wonder, I want to point this out a little, are they going to then go back and kind of retcon some of the things like just pointing it out there with Scarlet Witch. It was never said that she was a mutant because they couldn't say that. But are they going to then backpedal and then now say it? I mean, there is some sort of timeline and storytelling that they're going to have to keep in mind. They can't just turn around and say, well, did you know actually her uh, father is this guy named Magneto? Or maybe they'll find some way to actually make that work. I don't know. but So we will have to deal with a little bit of that. But I'm just super excited. And I'm excited to see uh, who they cast for these iconic characters. I mean, uh, we're never going to get Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine. I mean, he even said that. So who's going to be the new Wolverine? Who's going to be the new Professor X? I'm pumped for that. I really am. That's exciting to me. Uh, I know that we're probably not going to see them for a few years, which is a little disappointing because us as fans are like, okay, yes, the merger is now complete. Let's get them in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you got to think of it like Kevin Feige. You had to have some point in the history of the world that you could get these characters back. So I'm sure you have stories already in your head. I will say as far as the point you're making to you, it's not actually much to retcon. Um, if you remember... Um, Age of Ultron, they were very, very, very limited in the dialogue about describing them. 
Um, apparently, their powers were unlocked. Um, so it was powers that they all they already had but couldn't access it. Um, and through the Tesseract, I believe, um, is how they were able to draw out that power that they had in them. So you could say there's been mutants here all along, but their power was untappable. Like, you couldn't tap into that strength um, or, or their, their power level. Excuse me. And this so, is why I thought we should have got a Scarlet Witch movie instead of a Black Widow movie. No, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I do not disagree with you. I think the time had passed for the interest of a Black Widow movie. But the box office yeah. will determine that. Um, because remember, oh, we'll make a billion more- dollars. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I mean, it's just. It's, it's just. I, if you're going to set up X Men, what better way to do that? Especially if you're going to do the prelude to what is one of my favorite X Men arcs is the House of M. I mean, that's a, I, that, that to me, that's the yeah. most rational place they could go. That could be as dark as Infinity War in the future. That's the the darkest. But that should be like the the end game of this next huge arc. Should be House of M. So yeah, Scarlet Witch needs to be a much bigger character. And if you have to give her a movie. To do that and to introduce some of the X-Men before giving X-Men a movie, I think that'd be the best way to do it. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. I, I think the, the biggest thing is there's not much you have to do to justify. Because, again, remember, they were called the Git, um, not mute. So the uh, whole idea of terminology, that's why the biggest theory I have, I was talking to Joel about this, we were both kind of theorizing on this. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, the Eternals will be what gives birth to mutants. Um, and if you do it that way, yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying that's the easiest way to do it so that when you do an X-Men film, you don't necessarily have to spend the whole movie explaining where they've been, who they are, stuff like that. Um, you can kind of just somewhat do it in the Eternals. Um, I definitely and, and think, I think having a, a character or two show up here and there is much better than just, hey, here's an X-Men origin movie. Yeah. No. Right. I, I don't think I, I don't think the Eternals is going going to be an X Men uh, movie. I think it'll be an introduction to the term mutant. Yeah. No. I think that's the, um, that's the way to go for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, mainly because I, we're gonna say, hold on. You did it with um, uh, with the reboot where you had um, God. I can't remember his name. Uh with, with the new uh, Magneto and, and Charles Xavier, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. It just came to me like like automatically. Two of um, my favorite actors, by the way. Absolutely. That was a reboot. You could somewhat say that was an origin um, of Charles and um, Magneto that we had already seen in the previous. So it's like we don't need to see that again, like, at all. I don't even need to see an origin of Logan. I don't even need to see flashbacks of an origin of Logan. We've already seen it. Approach it the same way you approach Spider-Man, as if everything that happened before Civil War doesn't matter. Like, I'm completely good with that. I was so fine with that. I was just like, yeah, because I don't care. I've seen it twice. I don't need to see Uncle Ben die again, that poor man. Um, and, and I don't need to hear the, with, with great strength comes great. I don't need to hear that either. We know it. And Matt Reeves, we don't need to see Martha die again. We don't need to see it again, okay? I don't I need to see Bruce Wayne's parents die again. I'm going to argue know, with you of, a little, Juwan, yeah, and yeah. I kind of I do want to just hear with great power comes great yeah, responsibility. Sure. I, I want to hear it again. I don't necessarily need to see Uncle Ben die, but I still want to hear 
that quote just because it's an epic fucking quote. <laughs> and I think if you were going to hear it, it would have been when he was trying to lift the rubble off of his shoulders and he was trying to find that inner hero, that inner strength. That would have been a flashback, not showing you anything, but just the dialogue of it. And I think because they didn't do it, um, and he technically had that moment with Stark um, in Civil War, I, I don't think we're ever going to get it. I, I really don't. And I honestly yeah, don't Yeah, I thought Tony was going to lay it on him in Civil War, for sure. Yeah. So I, I don't I, I don't think it detracts from, from Far From Home. I'm not saying you guys are saying that. I'm just saying I get how important it is to Spider-Man, but come on, you guys can't tell me there's going to be a better moment than when he was under all of that rubble and was trying to find his inner hero. Um, well, surely that can, been a it'll be in a better Spider-Man movie. Wait, hold, hold on, hold on. You did not Are you like saying Homecoming, homecoming? Was, it, was it good? You guys have no idea what a Spider-Man dork I am. Uh, and that, that movie was more ultimate Spider-Man, and I'm classic, yes. amazing Spider-Man. And okay. I felt like that movie was okay. It was not my best part about that movie, Vulture. Hold on, hold on, time out. Because exactly <laughs> why you didn't like that movie is exactly why I did. When I first saw the photo of Tom Holland training for, for the role of Spider-Man, and he kind of had his hair coming down on the side, where he looked identical to the ultimate Spider-Man. That's what I grew up on. Um, and Joel makes fun of yeah, me. There's an age gap here. I have the same thing. I have the same thing. In my podcast, Danny's all about Miles Morales and and, and the Ultimate Spider-Man. That was past yeah. my. No, it was replacing my Spider-Man. You know, I didn't. No, I don't want that. But to be fair, it's like Batman Beyond, you, people think that, that that that's better than Batman. You had you had that, but you had your opportunity with um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Oh, great, um, Sony, that, awesome. Listen, <laughs> hey, it's not my fault now that. Spider-Man's home was a place that knows what to do with them, that they went ultimate. It's not our fault. Um, I, I, don't, I don't dislike the movie. I just didn't like it as much as everyone else. That's all. I thought Tom, oh, I think Tom Holland's a great pick. Are you saying you didn't like it just because you, you didn't want the ultimate Spider-Man? That, that's what I'm trying to, trying it's to not. It's not, it's not the version that 40-year-old dudes who have been reading Spider-Man for 35 years wanted. That's what I'm saying. I understand okay. that the target demo for that is the 18 to 25 year old. I understand that that's what they were going for. Just like with Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. That's what they were going for. They weren't going for me. They know I'm going to be there regardless. So they're trying to get the younger crowd in. I get that. So I understand why they did what they did. No, it, what I want to say really quickly is I'm glad you, you specified that because that's why I could never get into the Nolan, uh, uh, excuse me, trilogy. It just, I, I couldn't buy his Batman. Because I you don't like good movies? <laughs> no, because I couldn't buy his Batman. Um, and, and I know everyone's killing me for this. Like, Joel. No, no, we talked about it before. The Batman's okay. It's the villains in the Nolan trilogy that are great. I think Bale no, was no, no. That's what I'm saying. I couldn't buy Batman. And as someone who's raised purely on only loving Batman, uh, it just wasn't the Batman I was hoping to see. That's why when Ben's Batman came, I'm like, that is the exact Batman and Bruce Wayne I've been waiting to get. Like, this is the same, same thing I have with Homecoming, where it's like it wasn't a bad movie, just it wasn't my my Spider-Man, you know? It was it was right. the, the, yeah. the, the, the new kid's Spider-Man. I don't disagree with, with that notion at all. That's somewhat what I feel about um, the, the Nolan trilogy. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like you now open the door to where so much, so much is possible. I mean, I remember 
uh, the series that I was talking to the guys about maybe two, three years ago was I could see Infinity War ending. Um, and, again, this is two or three years ago. I could see it ending to where, because um, this is before I knew they were going to do an endgame. Um, they destroy the gauntlet, the, you know, the um, Infinity Stones, all of reality. And you see someone pick up one of the gems, and then, <clears throat> you know, the camera pans up, and it's Sheen Gray holding the gem. Um, and that was always my introduction on uh, Fox and Marvel, uh, or Disney at the time, working out a deal to where they could share uh, the characters. And I was just like, that'd be perfect. That would make people go bananas. No one would see it coming. It would be insane. And now we're here today, and it's like, that sounds so stupid because, like, Disney just owns them now. Like, <laughs> they don't have to worry about anything as stupid as that. They, they own it now. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, and then them saying that it'll be well after 2021 before we see, like, a, a movie of these characters or anything like that. It's worth the wait. I mean, we never thought we'd necessarily see this day where all of this was possible. Um, and speaking of stuff coming over from Fox, I want to talk about New Mutants. Now, Kanan had made a post on Twitter with the whole idea. I think it was the interview from, from Matthew Williams or something along the lines. Tia, you might remember the post uh, better than me. But um, he had posed the question, what should happen with New Mutants? I said, throw it in the garbage. And everyone was, was screaming at me and looking at me like I had, like, four eyes. Oh, and I'm, I'm like, right there with you, buddy. Thank you, Mike. I'm like, no, like, it makes the most sense. Like, Matthew Williams just came out with an interview saying they haven't even shot, they haven't even done reshoots yet. So it's like, well, hold on, hold on. A movie that's supposed to come out last year, then a movie that's supposed to come out earlier this year, then a movie that's supposed to come out later, later this year. You're telling me you haven't even done reshoots for it yet? Um, and it's just like, throw the movie in the garbage. Why are you trying so hard to make this movie work? Like, I- I'm telling you right now, if we heard nothing about new mutants for like the next year and a half, no one on this planet Earth would be like, you know, it's really weird. I haven't heard anything from new mutants. Like, I'm really waiting for that movie. No one would say that. So it's like you're not losing anyone. You're not, you're not breaking anyone's heart that you're throwing this movie in the garbage. Everyone that, that comes out and complains about, like, oh, why didn't you just give it to us? A month later, when Spider-Man comes out, they're going to forget completely about it. Or when Joker comes out, or when Wonder Woman 84. No one's going to remember it, because no, no one really truly cares. So, Tia, I actually want to go to you first, since Mike, me and you talked about this a little bit um, before the show, so I kind of know where, where you're at as far as headspace. Um, on this. Tia, I want to hear from you. What do you think Disney should do with New Mutants now that it owns it? And keep in mind, monetary value is not important. Fox spent the money on it. Fox invested in it. Disney then paid Fox over billions of dollars. Disney paid nothing for this movie. So Disney has nothing invested in it. (laughs) So what do you think they should do with this movie? I'd say just release it on Hulu. I, I don't know. First of all, I wasn't aware that they hadn't done any reshoots or anything like that, but I just thought, you know, with the actors, they spent obviously the time to film this and yada, yada, yada. So I thought, well, someone should at least see the product of it. I mean, we all were pretty excited when that trailer released a few years ago. So if anything, just then release it on Hulu and let people watch it. 
that's my personal opinion on it. I don't think they should necessarily throw it in the garbage. I think that they should release it on Hulu, not give it a theatrical run because I don't see it really making a lot of money, but they can at least put it on the streaming service and call it a day. Yeah, I mean, listen, I completely understand where you're coming from. My biggest thing is just, to me, I always feel from a business standpoint, if I have a product that I did not invest in, I, I didn't have anything to do with, um, and now it's falling in my lap. I gain nothing from it. And so yeah, it's not even like this product is finished. It's still a work in progress. So to me, which I didn't remember, know about yet. No, which is which is fair, which which is completely fair. Um, which also, by the way, there's been you know reports of rumblings rather. But like Kevin Feige hasn't even had the time to sit down and look at. It. So like it's like if the main guy who's running this this whole Marvel ship didn't even get a chance to stop and look at it, and you're not even done. It just seems like if I'm, if I'm Disney over there, it's just like, why am I wasting any effort, like anything on this? Because remember, even if you put it on Hulu, you got to pay for promotion. Like, you got to pay for promotion in the sense of marketing it so people even, one, know it, know it still exists, and two, know that it's out and that it's not in theaters, it's on Hulu. That's money. Do you want to? money like do you want to invest in it at all um so that's why it's just like it's one of the things where it's like if you have to work that hard on something that's not yours that you do not care about that once it's out whether it's in theaters or on hulu you're never going to use those characters again just trash it just trash it. <laughs> like honestly throw it in the garbage but mike i want to go to you um I, I want you to give even though i know where you're coming from i want you to give me your thoughts on what ha- what should happen to the New Mutants film now that Disney officially owns all of Fox's uh, X-Men products. Let me lead into it with this. Is anybody here excited to go see Dark Phoenix? Oh, no, not at all. Well, so why does anyone fair. think that anyone's excited to see New Mutants? When, like, Even the hardest of hardcore X-Men fans were kind of like, eh, whatever. I, I liked it. It looked like it was trying to go like in, into horror, which you know I'm a big, a big horror fan. But it was going to be... PG horror, you know? So I, I don't know. If, if it's in limbo like this, I, I thought that they should have scrapped. And I said this back last year when this deal was first, you know, being talked about being made, is that Dark Phoenix and New Mutant should just go either direct to video or to a streaming service or something like that. And everybody's like, well, they spent so much money on it. I'm like, Disney, that is a drop in the bucket to them. <laughs> they just paid $71 billion, guys, with a B. Some movie that costs like twenty billion dollars to make, I don't think they give a shit. That's like me or you like buying a a, a, a second cheeseburger at a restaurant and not eating it. You know, that's that's what this <laughs> is. It's pointless to to release this. If you're trying to especially if you want to try to get your X Men universe up and running, you and they're saying what, twenty twenty one before they start thinking about this? What's better than a clean yeah. break and you don't think about X Men for like two years? Not being like, Wait, wait, so is that new mutant thing? Is that part of this? So, you know, it's just confusing at this point. So just kill it. Kill it with fire. This needs to just be gone. It, it, I never expect, expected this to be anything. So the fact that it's still being talked about today. You know why people were excited about it? Because, hey, it's got that dude from Stranger Things I like. It's got that girl from Game of Thrones I like. No one's excited about it outside of that. Yeah, I will agree with Mike. That's, that was primarily a reason. 
Well, I, I will be fair in this sense because I, I don't want to seem like a hypocrite or a liar. I was super excited for this movie when I first saw the trailer. Um, it didn't feel like it was going to be PG-13. It felt like it was going to be rated R. Um, and, again, this was initially when I thought Rosario Dawson was going to be in it, but her replacement I thought was really good. I liked her. And, um, uh, what was that movie with Will Smith where he survived talking to that mannequin? Uh, I, I am legend. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed her in that, and then I enjoyed her in um, the movie with Forrest Whitaker and, and Jude Law. Um, so, I mean, it looked so different from anything Fox has been doing X-Men-wise. And it was with characters I knew very little about. So it was like, yeah, this looks interesting. And at the time, I hadn't watched Game of Thrones. And the guy from Stranger Things is possibly, out of 10 people, the 11th person that I enjoy watching on that show. Um, so it's like none of that was a factor to me. It just looked really interesting. Um, and I liked the scary vibe that it gave off. It wasn't until they pushed it back to where I was like, all right, well, this is a little weird. Let's let's see what's going on. And then it was a sense of Fox was not happy with the initial product. They wanted to do it over again. And it was just like, oh, okay, that's a little scary. Um, I said on the show Sunday, it's one of those things where it's like, Picture if you had a restaurant, right, and the guy brings out the food, and then you're like, is this good? And then he's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're kind of like, whoa, whoa, hold on. You didn't sound too definitive there. Like, I don't, I don't want to eat this. Like, <laughs> you don't sound sure that this is, like, good. You just brought it to me. Like, um, so I feel like if Fox was uneasy, it was uneasy about this movie, Fox, you know, the company that has no problem putting out bad movies, if they were like, nah, I don't like this. It makes me nervous because I'm like, they have no tape. So, like, if they don't think it's good, maybe it's not good. So, I mean, we're at a point now to where it's just like, stop wasting your time. Just get rid of it. Um, I, I honestly just want to say to you, to ask you, right, let's say they release it around end of this year, November, December, right? And you're going from now in, uh, in March, right? Are you really telling me you're going to remember that? from now all the way to when it releases? Like, is, is it that, I don't want to say crucial, because you didn't say it was crucial for you to see it, but is it something you have that much interest in that, like, you'll remember it over the, the course of the summer, after Endgame, after Spider-Man, um, like, after all these movies that that, uh, that are coming out, you'll even remember that that was still even a movie or a show, whatever yeah. they decide to do with it? No, I wouldn't remember it unless, again, it popped up, say, on Hulu as a new suggestion. No, I wouldn't even give it two thoughts. If we're talking about it now being March and it then being released in October or something like that. No, certainly I wouldn't because then at that point, I'm just thinking about what's the next Marvel movie or what's the next show on Disney+. Plus. Yes, I mean, that, that's, all my, that, that's my only point because we live in a time of, of fake outrage and I think everyone who is outrage of even remotely the thought of this just going in the garbage. It's like, but do you really care? Like, do you really? Like, everyone nope. that was like, everyone that was like, give Inhumans a, a, another chance. I'm like, first of all, you didn't see the full season if you're saying that. And two, do you really care if it has a second season? Like, to me, it's just like, you don't really care. <laughs> Trust me. I am helping you realize you don't really care. What you want? Yeah, I will. I will bring up then. You just kind of sparked it in me. So we're talking about 
New Mutants and who really cares about this actual movie, I'll bring up a news story that we covered today that apparently the, uh, the screenwriter for the Gambit movie said that Disney could reevaluate it. Does anyone actually care about Channing Tatum doing a Gambit movie? Dude, that's one of the best things about this acquisition. Be that fair, movie is not going to happen. To be fair to you, and I'm going to be completely fair with you, if Fox was doing it, no, not really. Like, would I see it? Of course. But would I be rushing to see it? No. But the idea that you could maybe have a team-up heist film of Ant-Man and Gambit or something of a feel like that under Kevin Feige? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but with, <laughs> but, with, but with Channing Tatum or with a different actor? I'd be fine. If Kevin Feige sat down with Channing Tatum and told, and told us, the, the audience, that this is the guy he trusts to be Gambit, I would trust him. I have not seen a casting yet in the MCU that I thought was bad. Like from a main yeah. character. Calm down there. Calm down. I mean, mostly you're right, but let's calm down on not a single <laughs> no, casting role. hear me. Hear me. A main lead role. Can you name me one? I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. This is just opinion-based. I don't, I don't think, I don't think you'd like my answer. So. No, no, no. Go ahead. Tell me. Emily Blunt should have been Captain Marvel there. See, see what's funny about that is I say no. I say Charlize Theron should have been Captain oh, I'm fucking Charlize for everything, every role ever. <laughs> she is a goddess, and she lives on a higher plane than the rest of us. Yes, 100%. Uh, but see, here's the thing. I don't, I don't have an argument with that. I don't have one at all. But my question to you is, do you think, is it that you just prefer Emily Blunt, or do you think Brie Larson's performance was that bad? Like, that was just a bad casting choice. Yes. It was a bad casting choice? Another time, because this this podcast will get into a crazy spiral that we probably would not have a good good time going into. But I get your point. If you're saying, if Kevin Feige says, I trust this dude to be Gambit. Look, X-Men fan. X-Men fanboy right here. I don't want a Gambit movie. Do I want Gambit in an X-Men movie? Sure. Do you know who cares about Gambit? People who only watch the 90s cartoon. That's the only people who care about Gambit, like as in like I, one of their favorite characters. I only watch the '90s cartoon. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I think because we're we're so oversaturated with superhero movies, shows, cartoons, comics, and everything, I don't necessarily need a lot of the characters that we've got. I didn't need a Suicide Squad movie. I I thought those characters would be better off used in a Batman movie, you know. But the idea of it. All right, it's cool. Sure, I'll go see it. Like, yeah, I'll see what you guys are able to do. Good point. A lot of these movies we get now, I don't necessarily know if anybody. Where they? What do we always say? Who asked for this? And then we see it. And I'm like, right. oh, that was actually pretty good. So, I mean, I'll I think we're just you, we're just in that time right now. I'll give you a perfect example. If Warner Brothers actually goes forward with it, and I believe they will, especially with the success of Miles Morales and in, in Into the Spider Verse, if they do give us a Jaime Reyes movie, do I need it? No. Did I ask for it? No. Do I necessarily want it? No. But am I going to go see it? Yeah, probably. I mean, like, <laughs> from Aquaman, from Wonder Woman to Aquaman to now Shazam, it seems like they're getting their, their stuff together. So a really good Blue Beetle movie? Yeah, I'll go see it. But, like, no. I oh, I said we it. didn't need a Shazam movie, so it shows what I knew. Because <laughs> yeah, now I feel like I needed this in my life. 
to be honest with you, no, I, I didn't think we did either, especially over Green Lantern. But, like, now that I've seen it, I'm like, yeah, no, I'll wait for Green Lantern. Like, this this is really good. Like, yeah, you know, hopefully he's next. But my point is, and, see, I think you can even speak for this, um, for, for your love for the Doom Patrol, that was that was a show about characters that absolutely nobody but the guys who created it and then wrote for it and drew for it cared about. Nobody cared about No one was talking about Doom Patrol. Um, you saw them, like, a few times on the original Titans cartoons, um, and I think maybe a few times on the Justice League uh, Unlimited show, but no one really cared about the Doom Patrol. But it's now that we've watched it, say, say it again, because Mike. Is Doom Patrol any good? Yes. Well, Doom Patrol yeah, is amazing. Here, really? Uh, like, is it better than Titans? Because I didn't care for Titans, and a lot of people told me it was really good, and I didn't care for Titans. No. All right, I will let you know that I, this past weekend, binge-watched Titans because I hadn't watched it, and I was like, let me see this. Doom Patrol, within, like, the five episodes that they've released so far, is way better than Titans. And two reasons reasons why is, A, Doom Patrol is not afraid to be weird as hell, because it is. If you're looking for something and you're not into, like, weird shit or you turn off because it's so weird, then maybe it's not the show for you. But Doom Patrol's so freaking weird that they just embrace it. And also the actors, they really did an amazing job uh, bringing in who they brought in, which is a fantastic segue, by the way, to go back to what Juwan was saying, how, you know, do we really care about this? Do we really care about, say, a Gambit movie, Right. And the fact that no one really cared about Doom Patrol until they brought it to life. My point is, I would maybe uh, interested in a Gambit movie if it wasn't with Channing Tatum. Well, well hey, my favorite genres are science fiction and horror, so I'm all about the weird. Bring me all the weird. So, okay, I'll check yeah, out because I am curious about the Swamp Thing show. I, I I I do like Swamp Thing, and I love Constantine and Hellblazer. So I'm I'm hoping that they cross that over somehow on the on the uh, DC streaming service. Then you yeah, need to check like... out Doom Patrol because it is strange as hell and you would like it. Sweet. I will say one thing I definitely learned is that we're going to do a Geeks Against the Brain for Titans, uh, 100%. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I, I didn't get past the pilot, Patrol. so... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we're, listen, regardless of where you got at, we're definitely debating the idea that you did not... Uh, get past the pilot. And then Tia can talk about not liking the season no, as, so you as being a whole. Batman guy, you're okay with fuck Batman? Really? You're okay with basing the whole show here's, off of fuck Batman? Here's, here's the reason I'm okay with it is because once I – first of all, I actually got to sit down with this cast when we interviewed them at New York Comic Con doing the press junket. So I got to, like, sit down, talk to these guys. Um, and um, I'm trying to remember his name who plays um, Nightwing. Can't think of his name. But um, – he made it super clear to me that, like, you know, the the Nightwing or, or Robin, rather, that you've seen, like, through cartoons or animated, whatever, like, this isn't that. Like, as soon as he told me that, I was just like, all right, cool. So I won't judge you for not being the exact Robin I was thinking you were going to be. I felt like so, he was trying too hard. No, I, and... I, and it, 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 go ahead, Sam. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, it's not no, that I... It's not necessarily that I dislike Titans, because I... I liked it, and I really feel that all the hate that the actress who played Starfire got was completely unwarranted because she was one of the best aspects of the show. But 
I do not think compared to Doom Patrol that it is as strong as a series, especially, and I know this is like way off topic for this uh, episode, but especially that last episode, I was like, what the hell is going on right now? I was like, they're completely diverging away from the actual storyline. So that was my thing with Titan. But listen, this, this Sunday we're doing a top 10 Titans moment. So it's not like I completely hated it. Well, fair enough. I will definitely try to make sure I'm on that. But I will say really quickly, the idea of that last episode and the reason why it seemed like it was different from where the storyline was at is because if you remember the episode previous, um, Raven's father, Trigon, had said, like, I see her bond with this one named Robin is strong. Like, I have to break that. So the only way to break that connection is to break him. What's the best way to break Robin? You have Batman go broke. You have the one person in the world he values more than anyone. You have him go. Com- you have him become exactly what they hated, and that's the spin that he took to try to break Robin. That's why you see towards the end he broke him, like he completely broke him. Um, so to me, that was super significant in the sense of the only way to really get Raven is to get away is to get her away from the guy she considered to be like a father figure. Um, I'll be honest with you, Juwan. The whole reason that series turned me off, and I think this is probably unfair, is because I was really big into the CWDC universe for a while, and it just started going more and more towards 12-year-old girls, and that just wasn't for me anymore. And I think that really kind of – I felt like Titans was just that with bad language. Well, I'll say this. You don't have all all the recipes of the CW – and again – it's good and bad because it's like there are good seasons of Arrow, one or two good seasons of Flash. I thought Legends of Tomorrow, the first season, was really good. Um, CW, unfortunately, has this weird obsession with um, over-the-top romance, over-the-top emotions, and it's just like, yeah. guys, like this isn't and Gilmore Girls. Um, this music, is a yeah. comic book. So I, I get where you're coming from in the sense of that. Like The biggest thing I hate about The Flash is that Barry never stands on his own. Like, I feel as though Barry could never be the Flash on his own because every, every episode he's asking Iris what to do, he's asking Joe what to do. And I'm like, Barry was really smart. Like, he didn't need this much help in the comics. Like, this is really too much. Um, but I will tell you, Titans never felt like that. It never felt oversaturated with that teen drama kind of feel that Arrow gives you. It never felt like that. Now, if you don't like how aggressively dark it was, cool. I mean, I won't necessarily argue that. Um, for some reason, Warner Brothers can't decide whether they want to get out of being dark or embrace it. Um, and I think Titans was their way of just saying, you know, let's just embrace it. Um, you guys, we can't think, even talk about Disney Fox without coming back to Warner Brothers. It's just how it is. Listen, listen, I love that so far our geeks against the grain are everywhere. Like, I love it. <laughs> It just inspires conversation. Um, but we always find a way to come back home. Um, I did have a negative yeah. about the merger, if you wanted me to bring that up for you. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Go right into it. I was going to say, I think with the big merger here, this really takes us down to three major uh, distributors left. Uh, Disney slash Fox, and then you have Universal, and then you have Warner Brothers. So this is really going to 
it can be good or bad. It can be good because can, you can have some of these independent or smaller studios actually start to rise a little bit and actually get noticed a little bit more, or they're just going to get completely buried because each one of these are going to have like 20 to 25 releases a year. I mean, you think about the content, that the amount of movies that Fox and Disney together put out per year. I don't think that's going to slow down. So, yeah, you're going to have those three kind of slugging it out. And where does that leave some of these smaller studios? And sorry, Sony, you need to go away anyway. But Sony does need to, to disperse. Sell, sell, um, sell, sell. I will say, I will say it, Disney and Warner Brothers being two of the biggest studios still in the game, um, in the amount of uh, movies that they both release is the biggest reason why I think America is hypocrites when they say they want um, they want original content because every year when the Oscars come out and original content gets gets nominated, you know what majority of America says? I didn't even know that was a movie. That was a movie that came out this year. That's, That's true. what they always say. So it's like you beg for original content, yet you only spend money to see Avengers, to see Rush Hour 7, to see Fast and Furious 32. Like you only spend money on those. You don't go out and see Aroma. You don't go out and see Shape of Water. Like you don't see these original content films. And that's why it's become oversaturated with the one thing you are spending your money to go see. Like what people, I think, forget is America shifts itself to whatever makes the most money. And that's what they oversaturate you with. So it's like, oh, you love Instagram and Twitter? You know what we'll start doing? We'll put shows on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> like, you like Facebook? We'll put shows on Facebook. So it's like, if you desperately want original content, next year's Oscars, when they're nominating, you shouldn't say, man, I didn't even know that was a movie. You should know all those original content. But we don't. So to me, it's like, if Disney and Warner Brothers are taking over, it's a hell of our own making. They make movies that we spend money on. The other studios make money, I mean make movies, that we rent on Redbox. So that's how, that's how it, it, it unbalances itself throughout um, original content and then oversaturation. So that's why when people always say, comic book movies are going to die. Really? Because this isn't 2000 where, like, you could get a wedgie for really enjoying that Iron Man show. Like, no, now you have everybody and their mother embracing superhero film. So it's like, no, it's never going to go away. So we as consumers say, I put more stock in original content than I do the oversaturation. So to me, if those two companies take over, so be it. I mean, as long as they make good movies, I I honestly could care less. I'm not one of those people that that yearn for original content because I know deep down when the next Fast and Furious comes out, I'm there. When the next Triple X comes out, I'm there. I have a rebuttal to this, actually. Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. I think where the real, and this this sounds like an easy answer now, people got to understand, and it's on tape, you can go back and listen to podcasts from three years ago, I was saying this, I think the real competition for these major movie studios is going to be at home on the streaming services. Netflix is already an Oscar-winning deal now. So they've, they've had a movie that was nominated for an Oscar, and they won for Best Director. I feel like Netflix... And Amazon, I mean, also you're going to have Disney in there because they're joining the Disney. So it's going to be, here we go again, Disney versus Netflix versus Amazon. Hulu is probably going to get purchased by Disney. Let's be honest. It's going to happen eventually. So the real competition is going to come between Netflix and Amazon doing all their originals. Yeah, and listen, I don't disagree with you at all. That's why it will never happen because I don't think the, the world is ready to not have movie theaters anymore. 
But they were floating around, studios were floating around the idea of releasing movies to you on DVD as a new release. So, like, you could watch Endgame at your house for, like, I think they were going to charge it a ridiculous amount, like 40 or 50, but you get the movie. Obviously, you don't get the bonus features and stuff like that. You get I wait the, the next movie. day and someone puts it online for free. Well, yeah, but <laughs> let's not say that on the airwaves. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's become a thing of comfort. We, we are now uh, like couch potatoes in the sense of we'd rather binge all of the shows on Netflix than to watch it week after week after week on regular television. So it's like TV, uh, TV, regular TV stations are, are on their way out. I think movie theaters are on their way out. I think studios will get smart enough and say, why are we releasing it in the theater? Even though people do go to theaters, I'm not saying that they don't. It's just like you have, like, if it's a Friday night and you really don't have money, like, why not just watch it here at home than to go through that, going through traffic, all that, buying popcorn that's like $30, like, and stay at home, eat my own food, and watch the movie here for like 40 bucks, and I have it. And people are more you know? committed so, that way because think about Bird Box. Think about Bright. Think about Triple Frontier. These movies that you would have paid to go see, no, but they were on Netflix, and you're like, hey, I'll give it a shot, right? Yeah. I mean, Listen, I, I'm completely with you. See, I want to hear from you on, on your stance of uh, Triple Frontier. streaming. <laughs> no, not Triple Frontier. I don't need to hear any more Ben Affleck slander from Tia. Um, your thoughts <laughs> on how um, streaming services could take over these um, these major studios? Oh, I have been thinking that way for a while. I mean, first of all, most of my friends don't even own cable because they say to themselves, why would I even do that? Because I have subscriptions to Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Honestly, the only reason why I have cable is because my building gave me a really good deal on it. But even so, I wouldn't be sad if they turned around and said, hey, listen, we're going to actually start charging you the full price. I'd be like, then get rid of it because I don't even really watch it anyway. I only watch it for the ID channel, and I can watch crime shows anywhere. So to me, that doesn't, uh, you know, that's not a surprise that we're kind of looking at a world that could shift to to that idea because we have movies that come out constantly on these streaming services and honestly I don't go to the movie theater unless it's one of these uh, comic book movies like last year when we were doing all of the end of the year reviews of best movies yada yada I realized that I hadn't seen a lot of these movies because they weren't superhero movies and I didn't go to the theater to go watch them because those I'm are the only and those are the only movies that I am willing to pay for. Any other movie, I'm like, ah, I'll see it when it comes out. Why yeah, if it isn't do something I need big? To... I don't need to see it on the big screen. I'm exactly, exactly. Like, why do I have to go and like, let's say hypothetically, now that we're talking about Triple Frontier, uh, why would <laughs> I? <laughs> if that was a movie that they were going to release on, on you know, release in the theater, why would I go money? Why would I pay? money to go see that when I could just wait for it to come out on one of the services or Google Play and then just watch it that way. Yeah, and I think one of the, the biggest <clears throat> detriments to television, as you were saying before, Tia, about how you don't necessarily watch TV, uh, the biggest thing is this this newer generation, the attention span is. So the idea that you make them wait week to week to week and then you have a huge break uh, in between, 
Like you're expecting them to be so uh, involved in these shows that they remember to come back. They know exactly what day it's coming back, what time. Then you have shows that are switching days. So it's one of those things where it's like I just started a new show myself, um, and I like the idea that majority of the seasons are on Netflix. So like when when the season ends, I'm not like, oh, my God, like what's going to happen? I'm like, oh, wait, I can just quit season two. Oh, okay, cool. Um, oh, you so start with like, Supernatural. You know, awesome. Right. I can watch all 37 seasons. You'll never it. run out of Supernatural um, episodes, ever. Juwan, ever. Juwan, like, though, yeah. is ending because you made a comment. I think you jinxed it. You made a comment. One of our last shows, you said, uh, Pokemon and Supernatural, you don't know which one was going to end first. Well, guess what, Juwan? They just announced that season 15 of Supernatural lot, will Juwan. officially be its last. My wife Listen, is devastated. wait. Hold on. Tia, do you enjoy Supernatural? I watched it up until uh, episode, well, I watched it up until season 10. After okay. season 10, I I was a little like, okay, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to ruin anything in case you do decide to actually go watch it. But That's good because I'm in season 10. <laughs> Well, no, I, I enjoyed it because a lot of people that I even met who are diehard Supernatural fans would say, well, I stopped watching it after season five because that was supposed to be the true ending. I'm like, man, you're missing everything that happened season eight, season nine. Those were great seasons. And after season 10, I was like, meh. But although my friend does tell me that the past season was pretty good and worth watching. And I'm sure you could pick it up now and probably still have a good time with it, so. Oh, yeah. I still love the characters and the actors. I have nothing against any of them. I just thought that the storyline was a bit, you know, like beating a dead horse, pretty much. Sorry, sorry Jawine. I mean to derail again. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, brought, I brought it up again to say that, like, if Tia did enjoy it, I'm glad that speaking it into existence that it happened because, like, again, Tia's the reason I don't have Ben Affleck as Batman. So, like, right, right. So she's like responsible for Ben. Oh, You're responsible for natural. I gotta I'm think of something to ruin. Yeah. I'm not heartbroken like it, like you are with Ben Affleck, but I did want to actually point out to you because as we're talking about the streaming services and uh, versus mm-hmm. cable, so my problem though now with the streaming services is it was one thing to get rid of your cable, right? When it was just Netflix or just Amazon Prime or just Hulu, you're like, you know what? I don't know really how much cable costs per like month. It's something like $170 or something like that. But it was worth it to spend around $30 a month for three uh, streaming services. Now, not only do you have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, you're getting Apple, you're getting Disney, you've got DC Universe, Warner Brothers, this one, that one's coming out of streaming services. And on top of that, if you want to watch certain shows, you have to buy their extensions. Like, if you want to watch HBO, yeah, you can watch it on Amazon Prime, but you got to pay the additional $14 a month to watch it. And so it's adding up to the point where it's the same. Like, Juan loves his conspiracy theories. I feel like this is just another way for them to get the money that they want to make with cable, but now they're making it with the streaming services because if they went from charging people $170 a month and now people are only paying 30 they're losing money. 
but they're not going to with all these streaming services that they know people are going to eat up. We're all going to get Disney Plus. No one. I didn't know you were a simple hat guy. Do you want? No, listen, listen. Oh, yeah. Yo, because I read about 20, and this is not exaggeration. I've read about 20 books about the JFK assassination, and I got theories, man. (laughs) Listen, we will will talk those theories because I got theories too. So we will definitely talk those theories. But, but yeah, I mean, I was was just saying this not too long ago, well, earlier on the show. um, When they figure out what what we do or what we want that they can then maximize profit for, they're going to do it. And then once they get it, they're going to make it super expensive. That's why, and again, I'm not trying to derail here, but it's just to kind of bring into the context. Like, as they're making marijuana legal, like I'm telling everyone who's getting excited about it, I'm like, no, that's horrible. They're going to make it super expensive. <laughs> they're, going yeah, to take it they're going to make it super expensive. But I also yeah. don't want to go. I also don't want to go to jail for smoking pot. So just Listen, saying, just point it out. There. That's fair. That's fair. But you might as well like put me in jail with the amount of money that's going to be charging me for. Like I, it, it, it's to the point to where it's like when they figure out what you like and how they can tax it, going to be super strict. The same way that these streaming services, once they figure <laughs> out that you're not watching TV anymore or you're not watch, you're not going to the movie theaters. You know what Netflix is going to do? It's going to go from, what, eleven ninety nine to, like, fifteen ninety nine very quickly. Why? They're because they want thir- to maximize on I told Danny I'd be willing thir- to go up to 20 as long as the content they're don't slow 13, down. They're at $13 right now. They're at $13. Yeah. yeah, and what's crazy about it is what they're doing that's super smart is they're raising the price right around their, their pretty significant releases. Like, I mean, again, regardless of what you thought of Bird Box, the Triple Frontier, or, or Stranger uh, Things. Stranger or Things Marvel, coming back, yeah. Excuse me. Stranger Things, yep, or the Marvel Netflix universe. Those are all really big properties that come from one streaming service. Not one studio, a streaming service. So they're like, yeah. But they yeah. killed it. Yeah, they exactly. killed the Marvel. They killed the Marvel, Ozark, so, you know. They killed but the, the Marvel good thing about it is the good thing about it is for Netflix is, I don't know if you noticed this, but they're, they're trying to build it off of murder conspiracies, murder documentaries, murder shows, like <laughs> murder songs, like everything that they're trying to do has a specific feel to it. Um, and people are eating it up. Like they're loving it. So if you're Netflix, you're like, all right, cool. I lost Marvel Net. People are still subscribing for some reason. So let's figure out what it is and, maximize profit on it. So, I mean, when Disney Plus comes out, all the shows that they haven't even told us yet that are coming out, once it does, it's going to be stupid expensive. I mean, I know the Disney, uh, uh, not Disney, I'm sorry, the uh, the Warner Brothers app, um, I personally use, or the DC streaming service, I'm sorry, I use Joel's. There's no way I'm paying for that. Like, <laughs> there's just no way. Like, they have just too much, just too many streaming services that I already pay for. There's no way I'm adding that on. Um, so I just hopped on Joel's. So it's like, and then I told Joel, sure, I'll get the Disney one, and then you hop on the Disney one. But, yeah, they're, they're going to continuously up prices. But, again, that puts the, the pressure on these studios. That's why, what are you going to get from Disney? Oversaturation of everything you like. I'm going to give you another Toy Story. I'm going to give you live-action Lion King. I'm going to give you... Um, more uh, more Marvel movies, more Star Wars movies, because um, they're smart. They know they don't want to die out in the theaters, 
So what are they going to do? Oversaturate you uh, with exactly what you want to what you want to see in the theaters. And that's what's well, happening. I'm not buying another I, streaming service. I don't care. I'm at two. Hey, that's I'm enough. I do want to ask you this. Um, I want to start with you, Mike. Do you think Disney, um, again, seemingly allowing Endgame to be three hours and two minutes, as it's been reported, do you think that this hurts um, movie theaters? Because Disney, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Mike, but when uh, I think Force Awakens came out, Disney demanded a bulk of the the showing. um, Yeah, I do remember. Tarantino was pissed about it, yeah. Right, right. So think about it like this. If your movie's three hours and two minutes, it means you can't have that many showings. But sure. if you're demanding a majority of the showings, that means whatever else comes out that weekend, which I'm pretty sure would be like a, either a kid's movie or some romantic comedy, um, you're making it almost impossible for any other movie to, to gain any traction because you're taking up majority of their showings. Do you think Disney was acquiring Fox, like they're starting to now get a swollen head with the idea of we want all the showings and sad the cherry on top, we're going to start doing movies that are three hours and two minutes. Do you think that that's a detriment to the movie theaters? I, yes and no. I think with this is just like such an event that I think they know that they can do it, one, and get away with it, and two, they don't want to rush it because – uh, what I what me and Danny agreed to us on the, on our podcast today was like we feel like this isn't the ending of the MCU, but this definitely feels like the peak, and we're going to be on the other side of the peak after this movie. So I think this is kind of a special event. I don't expect them to have any of their other movies be more than like like two ten, two twenty seems to be like their standard now, which I even I think is kind of over long. And I mean I know that makes me sound like old man yelling get off my lawn, but um, I want to take my kid to these movies, and anybody who has kids knows you don't want to take your kid to a three hour movie. It's never going to end well you're either going to be going to the bathroom six times and go pee or they're just going to get antsy kids don't like to sit still that long so uh it's a different kind of scenario for me but it's a special it's a special occasion so i i get why they're doing it but i do remember when everybody freaked out about batman v superman being two and a half hours somehow that was like way too over long but you know we've already talked about the differences there Yeah, no, but I what's thought, funny about that is... I thought that, that was is, like three hours long. <laughs> they, they complained... Well, does that count your nap? That that no, but what's funny about that, Mike, is they complained about it being two hours and like 30-something minutes, but then they hated that Justice League was exactly two hours. Why couldn't it be longer? Yeah. You had time to do more stuff. It's like, what do you want from them, man? <laughs> like, what do you want from them? Just like, I think it's uh, driving them crazy. They don't have anything to complain about Shazam. Exactly, exactly. Like, people are going to lose their minds that there's not... I couldn't find really necessarily one solid thing I could truly complain about um, other than one thing, but I'm not going to get into that now. I'll save that for our review. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I just think, and, again, it's an event film. It's not something that happens three, four, five times a year. But it's one of those things where it's like I think what they're going to start uh, doing is whenever these event movies come out, I think you're going to have studios that are, like, really nervous to release their movies anywhere around um, the release of that film. Uh, you're going to have, like, a ton of <laughs> of March releases because um, everyone's like, no, 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 I'm staying away from uh, from April. It's like, dude, they don't come out to the end of April. Nope, 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 don't even, don't even want to chance it. I think, I so think Pikachu's coming out, like, two weeks after uh, Endgame. So Which is gonna we're going to find out. It's, it's going to be really interesting because, again, how many – I, I do desperately want to see the showing 
for around when that Detective Pikachu comes out. Um, how many showings Endgame is still demanding? And then how many showings Detective Pikachu has? Because that is a movie that could be a huge box office hit. But we live in a time where a lot of people who aren't heavily invested in Endgame see it like a week or two later. Like they hear it from their friend, their friend who had a kid who saw it and loved it. Yeah, so it's like if you're Detective Pikachu, you can wait for it to die down. But then like, will it? (laughs) So it's like I, I, I don't see it dying down in the course of four weeks. Let alone uh, sometimes counter programming really works out. I mean, look at uh, what The Last Jedi came out, and everybody thought it was crazy that Jumanji 2 was coming out like head to head with that. And Jumanji 2 almost made a billion dollars. So, I mean, sometimes counter programming works out really well. And I'm going to find out uh, next week when there's Pet Cemetery, a hard horror movie, and uh, Shazam, a lighthearted fun movie at the same time. I mean, we interested to see how that box office turns out. That is going to be interesting. Chess, Tia, I, I, I want to go to you. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think that these three-hour-long movies could be a detriment, especially at the idea of them demanding um, more, you know, more screenings of, of their movies, but their movies are at three hours a clip? Um, do you think that this could become an issue for when they do event films, or do you think it's something that's so rare that, like, it might hurt a little bit, but nothing too drastic? I mean, first of all, I'm overjoyed that it's three hours long because, as Mike said, it's not the end of the MCU, but this is definitely the end of what has now been dubbed the Infinity Saga. You got a lot of shit that has to be covered, a shit ton of characters, storylines wrapped up, definitely like two people are going to die who are major. You got to set up for like the next I have no problem with it being three hours long. I don't think it's going to set a trend for movies in the Marvel world going forward. You're not going to see Far From Home as three hours long, right? The Black Widow movie is not going to be three hours long. The Eternals isn't going to be three hours long. So this is just event films like this that are going to be three hours long. And I... Personally, I mean, I don't know anything about the theater business, but I don't see that really killing them that much. They're going to make a shit ton of money out of people wanting to go see these movies, and if anything, then they just make them, I guess, a little later to add in more showings. I mean, when I was younger, like in my teens or early 20s, we went to movies that got out at like 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. So just keep doing that. I don't, no, one, no one's going to complain about that. You're going to get the crowd that's going to come in later to go see Endgame. I don't see that as a problem. Um, and as far as, like, say, Detective Pikachu coming out, well, you'll get the people who saw Endgame already, and then they'll go and spend their money on Detective Pikachu. I don't, first of all, I do not see a movie like Detective Pikachu doing poorly. I even want to go see that. My boyfriend wants to go see that. That's a movie that we're going to sit our asses in the theater and go see. So if you really like the movie, you're going to go see the movie. I don't think it's going to be, I just don't personally see it as a big deal. I think people are worrying a little too much about the fact that 
Avengers Endgame is three hours because this is an event. This is going to happen probably once, and we're not going to see it happen again for at least another five years. You know what? You're you're right. I I, I worded the question wrong. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, no 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 no. You made a great point. You made a great point. Um, the question that I I guess I truly want to ask is, um, does it affect other studios? Because as you were talking, I was remembering, if you're the movie theater, you don't make money off of ticket sales. That goes back to the studio. Um, theaters make their money off of concessions. That's why they charge you an arm and a leg for concessions. Um, so it's like they could care less. It's like they don't really get much, if any, of that profit. Um, their money comes from you getting uh, stuff at the concession. So I guess the better question is, if you're a studio, preferably, I'm trying to think who does, Warner Brothers is doing um, Detective Pikachu, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Warner Brothers is doing it, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, sorry. <laughs> not sure. Mike, do you know? Not sure, but... I, I think it is. Uh, let, let's say it is, okay? Let's say it is. Um, I do feel some type of way, not about the movie being three hours and two minutes, I feel some type of way because Disney warrants, uh, well, let me not say warrants, but they are allowed to have a certain amount of screening. So it's like, all right, well, you're getting all these screenings. Like, I do want my movie to, to come out and have a fair shape at um, competing against you. So it's like the, the thing that you were saying, Tia, is like, oh, well, people can go through both. That is very true. That is super true. But I think what happens is the later people go to see Endgame, the later they end up going to see Detective Pikachu. Unless they have kids. Like, you have kids, your kids know Pokemon. That's the first thing they want to go see. Um, but I just think it's somewhat, like, again, I don't think Detective Pikachu uh, is going to struggle in the sense of not making any money. I think their money is going to come towards the back end of their showing. Like, if it comes out towards the, you're saying, Mike, it comes out mid-May, like the first, the second week of May, May the 10th, so two May weeks after Infinity War, yeah. I think your money will start to, yeah, your money will start to truly expand around in uh, around Endgame's fourth or fifth week. Um, because I kind of feel like if you haven't seen it by then, you probably have no interest in seeing it. Um, so that's kind of when Detective Pikachu can kind of just rake it all up. Um, but I, I kind of think that anybody who wants to see Endgame, though, is going to see it in the first two weeks out of fear of spoilers, because this is going to be right. like trying to trying to DVR Game of Thrones and watch it the next day. There's no way you're not going to hear what happens in this. So I think I agree the first you. week is going to be ridiculous. It's going to cost a billion in like four days. And I agree with everyone's you. going to know what happens. Thing is, the biggest thing is that's for, I think, the fan base. I think people who aren't as invested in it. Um, who maybe didn't see Infinity War, maybe didn't really care care about it or remember it, whatever. Um, a lot of those people, like they're, they're like, I'm not in a rush. I'll, I'll see it when I see it. Um, again, I don't think it's going to be a large population of people that have that mindset. Um, but I will say I think where Detective Pikachu is going to make up a lot of its money is overseas, uh, where it was created. I, I think people are going to oh, go sure. bananas for it over there. Um, and that's where I think it has a slight advantage over Endgame is that that's kind of where Pokemon was created. Um, so I kind of feel like it has some home cooking going on over there. Uh, but, yeah, like, it's going to make money. I just think Disney is at a point where it's become very ballsy. 
<laughs> to tell theaters, hey, I want like six showings at three hours apiece. I don't care what comes out. You make sure my movie gets those those six to eight showings. It's just it's it's crazy that Disney has worked itself into like this Golden State Warriors of of uh, of studios. Um, it's just becoming ridiculous. But I do want to ask you guys, with Endgame coming out, right? Again, we know it's it's super unrealistic for it to for any of the Fox characters to be mentioned, teased, in credit scene, any of that. We're we're going to go on a bit of a limb here and do a little bit of fantasy searching here. Tia, I want to start with you. If there's one character you could you 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 could choose to cameo or be teased as uh, the next big thing for future Avenger films from the Fox merger, um, who would you pick and why? Uh, ooh, that's a good one. Um, I kind of shoot. I kind of want it to be Professor X in some sort of um, capacity because he could open up the door to the mutants. You could have him kind of keeping an eye on everything that's going on and him thinking to himself that now he needs to sort of, I hate to use this word because it sounds a little cliche at this point, but now he has to assemble his people because now there, it's like he knows that there are mutants out there, but never have they really come forward or anything out of fear, out of this or that. And then now seeing what has happened, it's like now is not the time to be silent. Now is the time to make ourselves known to the world. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I still think it would be awesome to have like a little bit of a cameo where they just see him in a chair. You don't even have to really uh, fan, you don't have to really even cast the guy yet. They can do kind of like what they did with Michonne and Walking Dead. Because I don't know if you guys uh, are fans or anything, but when they first, when they, well, when they first teased her in that one scene where she had the hood up, that wasn't uh, Danae, who, oh God, I'm so bad at names, but that wasn't her. Danae Guerrero. Danae Guerrero. yeah, that wasn't Denai Guerrera. That was just some woman that they put a hood over so they could tease that, hey, next season, guess who the hell is coming? So you could just have, like, from the back even, just have some bald dude in a wheelchair uh, looking, and fans will know. Fans will know who that is, and that could be it. That could be, like, the little tease that we get. You don't need to cast him yet. You can wait. You can wait till the 2021 that you're planning to do, but just have that little tease there. Yeah, I, I would be extremely hyped for it, mainly because I wouldn't be expecting Now I would be because you said it. But um, beforehand, I wouldn't be expecting that. So it would be a very pleasant surprise. Um, it it would be as much of a surprise as it was seeing. Um, like you could get a feel that they were kind of leading into something bigger, and I think the – the guy might have even mentioned Thanos at, at one point, but seeing yeah. him is like was like game changing. Like that was just like, and again, that guy wasn't Josh Brolin. That was actually one of the guys that does stunt work for Marvel. Um, so it was just super cool um, to see him turn around and smile. But I will say one thing I always hated about Josh Whedon and in, in, um, 
and, and Kevin Feige is, I thought Dominion, when he chose the term to challenge them, is to court death. I was like, oh, crap, we're going to get Thanos and death. And now it's like fast forward like eight years later, it's like, no, we didn't get death. <laughs> that was just there for the fans. Yeah, it, see, but that's what I hated because I thought it was a tease. Like, it was showing you, like, hey, man, not only are we bringing in Thanos, but death will be coming at some point. And then I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be 100% honest with you guys. I 100% thought Hela was going to die and become death. She Same even here. dropped the line, death. And then, because I was like, there's no way you cast such a great actress just to kill her in one movie. Like, I mean, it's Marvel's M.O., but, like, come on. Like, come on now. Let's, let's change things up here. So then she even mentioned death. She even called herself death. Um, Juan, what happens if she shows up in two weeks at this movie we go see? Or or in a month, I guess. It's a month away, isn't it? Maybe she's in that. We don't know, right? Yeah, did she really die? No, she definitely died. (laughs) Like, 100% died. Um, She burned with with all of Asgard and then blew up. Um, But I will say, I did hear mention of possibly death. In in game, so it's possible. I just can almost guarantee you it won't be her. Um, it'll be someone else that they cast as Death if Death does show up. Um, did you yeah, guys I, hear? What? Um, did you hear the when Deadpool two came out that they were trying to? Some people were saying that they were trying to allude to the fact that uh, Vanessa was her name, Vanessa. Uh, Wade Wilson's like love of his life. Uh yeah. that they were trying that they were trying to allude to the fact that she was death. They were like trying to do some like mirror image of that whole thing. Well, that's what I thought right up until she came back. And then it like when he went in time and got her like if yeah. she had stayed dead, I thought she was gonna become the manifestation of death. Even though her character in the comics has superpowers. Um I thought they were maybe possibly queuing that up because um, we know Death uh, was a love of Deadpool. So, I mean, that would have been really cool to see. But then when he went back in time and brought her back, I'm like, oh, well, there that goes. Like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> we won't ever be seeing that. And we have Deadpool now, but by the time you could actually integrate Deadpool into the MCU, Thanos will be dead. So then you can't do the love triangle between Thanos trying to impress Death and Deadpool trying to impress Death. Um, so, like, that could never happen now because I'm almost a 1,000% sure Thanos is going to die. Um, but, yeah, it, it, as far as theories, I was – what I was kind of teasing to you guys during the pre-show was um, I had an idea of – all right, it's, it's, a, it's a two ideas. One, it could be that um, the end credit scene is you see, you know, the events of whatever the fallout is of Thanos. Um, and then you hear someone saying something of, like, came out of nowhere. Like, I think it's time we, we try to figure out exactly what else is out there. And then you get, like, a really far shot, and all you see is this huge image open its eyes, and it's galactic. Like, that sets up the next phase. I thought that was a really cool aspect. But then the one that I was just, like, completely bragging to Joel about was the idea of um, kind of just lost it, as I was saying, the first one. Um, but the idea of uh, the movie ends, Tony Stark retires, doesn't die. He just officially retires now that he knows that there's more heroes out there, the Guardians, the New Avengers. Um, but in his retirement, 
he tells um, Doctor Strange that before Thanos died, before him and Cap killed Thanos, Thanos mentioned the name. Um, and, and Doctor Strange asked him, like, what was the name? We don't hear what the name was. Um, but Tony says, even though I'm retired, I think we should, we should form something that keeps an eye on beings outside of Earth. While the Avengers handle things here, we kind of keep an eye on things that are, that are beyond here. Um, and then, you know, Dr. Strange is asking him, like, who would we recruit? And then he's like, first person I was thinking of is T'Challa. Uh, so me, you, T'Challa. And then he was like, I heard of this guy that runs the, uh, the, um, the waters. And then, like, it cuts, it, it fades to black. So then, like, it sets up the idea of the Illuminati. You could, it, when they have the Namor uh, <laughs> solo movie, you could have... I didn't know where he was going. I was Listen, wondering when he would mention the Illuminati in this show. You know I was going you know to sneak in the Illuminati. And it would be perfect because you could have what, what Thanos said to Tony and Kat, be Galactus. He just said a name. Or you could have him say, um, again, we don't hear this, but you could have him say something along the lines of, there's something worse than me out there. Um, because, again, if you're going the route of Celestials, you could say Thanos is one. And you could also claim that... Um, Galactus is a celestial. Now that we're in, entering the world of celestials, um, but then in, in Namor's solo film, you have them. You know, you have Doctor Strange recruit them, uh, Doctor Strange and T'Challa. Um, excuse me. And then by that time, hopefully, we'll have a Fantastic Four movie, and then we have the four of them come meet up with Reed Richards to complete the Illuminati, and then boom, <laughs> we got the Illuminati. That's and all I'm hoping for. And Listen, then Juwan can die happy. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest with you. If I saw that, like, all that happened, and to know that the Illuminati now exists in the MCU, I could go, to, I could go that very next day and be at peace. Like, that, that's all I've been waiting for. Like, I saw a comic-accurate <laughs> Batman, and then I got the Illuminati. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, Unless you've got Charles Xavier showing up in this, you know, it's not the Illuminati. Listen, hold on. To be fair, to be fair... There was an ultimate version of the Illuminati that was just Stark, um, Strange, Namor. Well, that's an, that's an inferior version. There you go. That's an inferior version without my boy Professor X. Okay, well then fine. Fine. We could have They've got the, they've got all these characters back now. They don't have to live anyone off. I know you're excited about this and that it's cool and all, but slow roll it. Slow roll it. Well then we you can, can, this, you can get this four or five movies from now. We could we could include Charles Xavier. That's fine. I don't have any issue with that. Or honestly, if Stark dies, I'm completely fine with Xavier and Reed being the leaders of it, um, rather than Tony and Reed. Uh, or technically, Tony and and T'Challa, I think, were somewhat of the leaders of it. Definitely Tony. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, this is me theorizing. None of it's going to happen. But this is just a fantasy. Uh, well, Mike, you kind of stole my thunder on the Galactus thing. Yeah, you kind of stole my thunder on that. What I was going to say, I think if they're trying to go intergalactic with it going forward, you could have uh, maybe Captain Marvel leaves the planet and she's out in space or something and she meets Silver Surfer who tells her about something coming. And we all know that's Galactus. Oh. Uh, personally, I think Silver Surfer is going to show up in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I think that's how they're going to tie in Galactus because I think Galactus is going to, and the Guardians is going to be a thing. It makes that's more sense. That's going to be so cool. Yeah, Scott. I mean, we, you know, they want Sir, Silver Surfer. Like a lot of the rumors were always that they were trying to work out a deal where 
as a sign of good faith for this deal is that they would let them do something, let them have their X-Men TV shows on FX with a Legion and whatever the other ones were. And that they yeah. were going to let them silver surfer as like a sign of good faith. So I know that they have interest in the character, so I could see that happening. But honestly, I think we're going to get something about if they really want to set up the next big villain this early, there's going to be some mention of something like Latveria to set up Dr. Doom. Just did, that way you don't have to have an actor. You don't even have to say his name. You just mention his home country, his fictional home country. There you go. You got Latveria. Or like Tia said, you could have uh, Scarlet Witch like show back up with, uh, with, with Vision or something like that. And they're just hanging out and the camera pans over a little bit. And you see the, the wheel of the wheelchair and you hear someone say, hello, Wanda. And it's, it's Professor X. You, you, can, you can be whoever you want it to be. You don't have to show his face. Just show like the wheel of his wheelchair, the X wheel on his wheelchair or something like yeah. that. They could do That'd things like this so very, very easily, and it's non-committal. They don't have if it doesn't go over that well. They don't have to go forward with it. Yeah, I mean, I felt as far as what you guys are saying is just alluding to it. I always thought Venom. Um, you could have alluded to Spider-Man, and that could have been the reflection that he saw that made him mirror the Spider-Man logo on his chest. You just have like a video uh, reel playing on like. You know how, like, all these movies very weirdly, like, I've never seen it in real life, but, like, you walk by, and it's, like, a store that has, like, a thousand TVs, like, in the glass. Um, you got them walk by, and it's showing footage of, like, Spider-Man versus, like, Vulture or something like that. Um, and, again, you don't hear Spider-Man talk or anything. You're just watching the video, and you see um, Eddie Brock walk by, and then uh, he sees the, the insignia on his chest, and then, like, he wants to mirror that. And then you see the next time he's Venom, he has that, that spider logo on his chest. It's something like that's a, a, a very cool way of showing the audience like Spider Man's part of this world. With with Xavier, you could even have it be um as Pepper and Tony are talking like at the end of the movie, uh, the news is on. And right before Tony kinda cuts off the T V to talk to Pepper, it's a story of um this guy that opened up a school for, you know, a word that, like, the, the news reporter is saying very skeptically, like, they call themselves the X-Men. And then, boom, that's it. Oh. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. And then Tony cuts off the TV right at that moment, and you're like, oh, my God, the X-Men. Um, you know, it, it, it's subtle things. Like, you could have at the end of uh, Far From Home, you know, it's on the news saying that the, the building that uh, Stark sold um, was bought by this guy named Reed, or this guy called the Baxter Building. The Tower and the Baxter Building. Yeah, for that one. That's a good one. Yeah. It's dialogue. To me, I always tell people the easiest way to comb over things without visually showing it is dialogue. Dialogue is how you, you know, you kind of work over time lapse, stuff like that. Just dialogue. Clear dialogue. Like, I kind of heard you freak out. Like, how cool would that be? You know, it, some some a scene ends, and then the beginning of the next scene is the events of blah 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 or, or Manchester or whatever um, was sorted by this guy. You know, who uh, who opened up a school with these kids, and they called themselves the X Men. And then boom, it fades. You know, the the TV shuts right off, and it's like, yeah, that's it. That's all I needed. Like, <laughs> I'm good. I can go home and, and completely freak out now. Uh, but yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like I know the deal just ended. Of course, you don't have footage or anything that you can splice together very quickly. But if I'm James Gunn, now that this deal is done, I'm kind of looking at my Guardians 3 script, and I'm kind of like, I want to do some rewrites. Like, I don't think the intergalactic world of Galactus or Surfer will be in that, mainly because besides whatever their main plot of that movie is going to be, 
if it is um, Adam Warlock, you got to kind of explore Adam Warlock first. Um, and I honestly thought they might go the route of, because we do know Galactus had a group of three. Um, I wouldn't be upset if Galactus had a herald of both Silver Surfer and Adam Warlock. I think that'd be really freaking cool. Um, and I'd be completely fine with that. Like, Adam Strange is how we know about Silver Surfer. Um, so it just, it, it opens so much up <laughs> to do. I just don't think we're seeing anything. It's, it's too, it's too recent. I don't think we're seeing anything after, after Endgame. Oh, no, no, no. I, I agree with you. That's why I said hypothetically, like, we know it's not going to happen. Um, honestly, I think, I think we get a scroll reveal. Like, I, I really do. I think we get a scroll reveal because I don't think the next Avengers movie will be a Galactus. I don't think it'll be an X-Men versus the Avengers. I think it'll be, um, uh, not... Is Secret, Secret Invasion? Wars? I thought that before I saw Captain Marvel and they completely ruined the scrolls in, in, in the, in the I'm out. sorry, the Creed Scroll War, so... Uh. Time out. Let me, let me say this. Maybe they didn't. Think about this. Now that, and again, this is, this is Monday morning quarterback. This is not me thinking this is their idea the whole time. You know what you could do to retcon that if you're Kevin Feige, Mike? You can say the regular scrolls were the good ones. You know, you have some good, some bad, but the super scrolls are the bad ones. And those are the ones. The super scrolls are the ones that are coming to invade Earth. And it's not just the regular scrolls. That way you can even have Captain Marvel have an ally in Talos. In the in the secret invasion uh, war that's that's incoming, uh, I think that'd be really smart, especially because by then um, you'll have had a Fantastic Four movie, an X Men movie. You could really get get geeky with the Super Scrolls and have them have powers of the Fantastic Four, of the uh, the Avengers, the X Men. You can get really ridiculous with it. So that's why I don't think they necessarily ruined anything. Because it's just like people. You have some good people, some bad people. And now yeah. your bad people can be super cool because they can be super scrolls. But, uh, but go ahead, Tia. Well, I was just going to say we even spoke about that during our Captain Marvel review that they, uh, Kevin Feige said, you have some bad humans, you have some good humans. I don't think the fact that they decided to go in the direction that they did with the scrolls in Captain Marvel necessarily says that they can't make bad scrolls. You can absolutely still, absolutely. Uh, I did want to go back really quick. I know that we're not going to get anything in Avengers Endgame, but it would be so super cool if in an end credit scene we just got something, just almost as a celebration that now the Disney-Fox merger is all there, and for them to show us, the fans, like, hey, this is happening we're leading to it. You may have to wait a couple of years, but believe us, we're just as excited to have these characters back as you are. Yeah. I, mean, I got one for something like that. So imagine I, they, I you're, they know everybody's sitting through these credits, right? No one's leaving. They know everybody's sitting through these credits, and they just have something that says, coming soon, the announcement of Phase 4, and the 4 is the Fantastic Four logo. Yes, <laughs> listen, Mike, I say I said this two years ago. I said this two years ago. You can ask Joe. I said whenever Feige does the uh, the unraveling of Phase Four, I said how insane would it be? Because remember, um, I I don't know if you watched this live or not, but I was able to watch it live to where he did the the last unveiling of of the current phase that we're in yeah. Um, yeah. with 
with uh, the fooling of Serpent Society that then turned into Civil War that made me go bananas. Yeah. Um, I thought that was completely insane. Um, so I said, like, if you're Kevin Feige, like, if you ever got the rights to these characters back, the dopest thing to do would be to come out and go, who's ready for phase four? And then everyone's going crazy. And then you're like, no, 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 no. Who's ready for phase? And then he points to the screen, and it's like it shows the human torch lighting up the four. And then it's like, oh, my God. Like, people would go crazy, would go insane. Um, and then you can even do something super freaky to where, like, you have the, the claws go through the four. Um, it's just it's so many fun Holy things shit. Feige's about to do at this, know, uh, so at this it's huge so precipice. Easy, that's, yeah, that's a layup, yeah. That's a huge layup. Like, if he doesn't do it, Mike, I, I think the three of us would be offended. It'd be like, how dare you? Like, we set, this, we set the table for you, dude. Um, but, yeah, like, to me, to you, I'm, I'm completely fine with that. Or, um, you know how it always says the Avengers will return or Captain Marvel will return? Um, mm-hmm. If it says the Avengers will return and then it says dot, 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 and then it says also X-Men and Fantastic Four, just, just a little head nod is all we're really asking for. Um, they could just say just, we'll return dot 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 with friends and everybody would flip out you know i mean yeah just some sort of acknowledgement this is something we have been waiting for listen since the first avengers movie i don't know if you guys uh were on tumblr or whatever like that but there were so many memes of uh, Spider-Man being left out of the Avengers and shit like that, and we eventually got it. And people have been wanting shit like this since day one. Now you have it, and you're going to tell me that i got to wait now to 2021 to even get a hint of it? No. Bad marketing. We want good marketing and get the hype train going. I still think we'll see some characters. We're just not going to get an X-Men proper movie until, like, 2021. Right. Which I'm fine with. I just need them to pop up somewhere. I God, agree. I can't believe we get new X-Men. The good X-Men. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. I can't wait. Right? Really. It's truly exciting. And remember, that, remember how we got the introduction of Spider-Man and Black Panther. It wasn't from their solos. It was in Civil War. So, I mean, I sure. think if you have something eventful of a movie, uh, whether it's another Thor movie that maybe explores Silver Surfer and stuff like that, um, introduce these characters in that because then you can get people who have never read these comics or seen these characters. Like, to me, the best thing that I always enjoy is seeing it Thursday where I know all the geeks are coming out to see the movie, to enjoy it with the geeks. So, like, as we're walking in, we're talking. As we're walking out, we're talking. And then I want to see it with people on Friday who are nine times out of ten, never heard of these characters, nothing like that. And I like to look around and see, like, when – when those aha moments arise, like, does anyone else go like, oh, oh. And, like, when I don't see it, I'm like, ah, oh, you guys suck. <laughs> so it's like if you introduce <laughs> something cool like that, it would be fun to see, like, if someone that doesn't read comics or know the world, if they see a Fantastic Four uh, logo or something, like, do they notice it? Do they realize it? Um, like, the most joy I think I've had at, at the movie theaters was watching the events of Infinity War play out, like everyone dusting, and just seeing how angry people got. Obviously not people who know, like, oh, these characters are definitely going to come back, um, but people who, like, they have no idea. Like, they don't really know anything. They're just like, oh, my God, Black Panther just had a movie. You killed him? That's racist. Like, just seeing people go bananas <laughs> was so much fun. Um, I told Danny this, that I enjoyed seeing this 
this kid who was probably about eight years old wearing a Spider-Man shirt was bawling leaving the theater, and I was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I was laughing about this because I was like, dude, to them, that's like me when I was five years old and I heard, Luke, I am your father. And I'm like, holy shit, what? You know, that, that's, that was that moment for these kids. They're seeing all those superheroes die like that. They don't yeah, know that they, there's sequels coming out. These are, that's just their characters, you know? Exactly. They don't know anything. That's why it's fun to see it with people who have no idea about anything. the world. Kids. Um, <laughs> because you experience it with them. I mean, to be honest with you, Mike, I had that moment when um, I saw BZS with my dad. And I remember telling this lady she had her son with her. We, we went to go see it uh, like early Saturday morning. She had her son with her. And I remember my dad telling her, like, this might not be what, like, you want to go take him to see him. She's like, it has Batman and Superman in it, right? And he's like, yeah. And and she was like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's cool. My dad was like, all right. And surely enough, right as Superman died, this kid was bawling his eyes out. Um, and even though you had the scene where, like, the, the casket was rumbling, um, the kid didn't know any better. He still think of Superman's dead. So, like, I, you know, I'm like, Dad, like, can I go tell him, like, Superman's going to be back? And he's like, I don't think he would believe you. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's, that's a good point. He probably would. Dude, after Infinity um, War ended the way it ended, my kid stomped up the stairs like so pissed off. I'm like, hey, sometimes, you know, you got to get knocked down so you can get back up. He's like, ah, oh, who cares? I don't even care about the next Avengers movie. They can't beat anybody anyway. He was so mad. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> way it should have been. I mean, it's funny because I was – I'm going to be completely honest with you. I got teary-eyed when, um, when Peter died. Um, What what really threw me off about them killing off all the new Avengers and keeping the original, the OGs alive was, I don't think anyone, right, right. That that does let you know exactly how Endgame is going to go. But what was really shocking was to see everyone's reaction, both Thursday night and Friday night, when Tony got stabbed. All of us, all of us are like, oh, no. Yeah, big audible gas in the theater. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, no. And then when Doctor Strange made the sacrifice, we were like, oh, thank God. Oh, phew. And then, like, when the, the new Avengers started dying, everyone was like, oh, don't care. Like, it's not Steve. It's not Tony. We're good. We can make it. And then Spider-Man's death came, and everyone was just like, oh, damn. Like, oh, man, this is going to hurt. Well, you know, I'm a Guardians guy, so the Guardians one's what got me. And I was like, dude, James Gunn had to read the script and go, What? <laughs> so I just got rocket and that's it. Oh, yeah, that made honest. me cry so much when when Groot started disappearing because again, if you remember at the beginning of Infinity War when Rocket was asking Thor all those questions and Thor goes, Well, what else do I have to lose? And he walks away and Rocket mumbles to himself and goes, Me, I I, I got a lot to lose and then his Groot started disappearing and he's like oh no i was like no no what about when james Gunn james Gunn confirmed that that group was what he was saying was dead well, he was saying oh, dead, yeah, that's when I cried. dead. come me. on gun god dang it <laughs> yeah that, that that's when i cried mike like when i saw it i was like man this is like really sad but like when james Gunn came out and was like yeah group group was saying dad and i was like no don't oh. say that yeah, really. i was like dude i was just that, over it Jeez. <laughs> right that, and when Peter Parker starts disappearing and he's saying that he's sorry, and then you realize the reason why he's saying sorry was because in Homecoming, when Tony Stark said, you know, if you died, I feel like that was on me. And I'm like, no, no, this is not fair. 
Yeah, and then when he's like, I don't feel so good. I was just like, no, no, not Peter. No, not my sweet Peter. Mason. No, not yeah. Peter. I was like, and then, oh. And then Feige said that the reason why is because he has spidey senses. Yeah, and he could, feel that sh- he could feel that shit. No one else was, like, really feeling that shit. Thanos said, like, it'd be nothing. they just disappear, you know, whatever. But because he has his little spidey senses, he could what the hell was going on with him and I was like no 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 why are you killing speaking Peter Parker that's not fair yeah no that that hurt a lot but speaking of of the deaths at, at the end of Infinity War as we wrap up <clears throat> wrap up this week's show I do want to ask you guys uh Disney just released a whole bunch of photos uh the blacked out ones meant that they were dead uh the color ones meant that they were alive was anyone else really confused when Shuri was of the dead? I guess I thought that she was. I, I, the only one that really surprised me was Valkyrie, because she was like MIA. So I, that, that's the only one that really kind of surprised me. Well, yeah, and she's alive because her shit was all in color. Yeah, right. So I'm saying that's right. like the only surprise I got. But I thought I thought it was pretty clear that she was... I, I guess, I, I mean, I've seen it like six times. I guess I just just imagining that I saw Shuri... So, no, no. The reason why the reason why the Shuri one shocked me is in the uh, the end game trailer, the first one, Shuri popped up as missing, along mm. with Ant Man, uh, along with someone else. That no, no, it was just those two, um, and we knew Ant Man was alive, just was in a quantum realm. So we thought because you didn't show Shuri that there was a chance she was alive. She just was obviously hiding somewhere, um, in in the in the mountains or something like that to get away from the the Outriders. So it was never clarified that she had died, and they were—they made sure they specifically showed everyone that they wanted you to know was dead. So that's why when you saw that blacked-out photo, it was just kind of like, "Huh? Like you didn't show her die?" Like, and what was crazy is um, you see the battlefield of Wakanda, and you see all, like half of Wakanda disappear. And then it's like you would think they would show Shuri, like, right? Like, why wouldn't? Can, can I give you an unpopular so, opinion? I like yeah, Valkyrie better than Shuri anyway, so I'd rather have it this way. See, I, I can't compare it. I, I, I honestly can't compare it. I, have, I love uh, Thor Ragnarok so much. Give me more of that I, all the time. See, Valkyrie Shuri, to me, Shuri meant a lot because she reminded me of my little sister. So it was like, yeah, my little sister is exactly like Shuri, like almost identical. Um, so, like, I felt that connection between Chadwick and, um, God, I can't remember her name. Uh, who plays Shuri? Um, Leticia. But no, I, what is it to you? Uh, Peter Wongo is the uh, like, like Leticia something or something. Or another. Leticia, right? Oh. No, no. What is it? Is, is it Leticia? Yeah. See, this is why I need you all sure. to, to do our Google. <laughs> Shuri is played by Leticia Wright with. Uh, T'Challa and Shuri both being gone, who's, like, managing Wakanda now? Well, I assume uh, uh, M'Baku, M'Baku? M'Baku will take over. Yeah, M'Baku um, will take over, and uh, Denai Guerrero's uh, character will definitely help Dude, out. Dude, that's, that's a Black Panther 2 right there. Between him and M'Baku, they're going to have a little struggle there. Oh, you're they're back? Have a huge I, don't, struggle. I don't feel like I want to get off of this throne. Yeah, they're, they're going to have a huge, huge, huge struggle. But see, that's what I didn't like, because I thought if Shuri was still alive, I don't know if you guys read the, the Black Panther comics, Shuri no. became the Black Panther. 
Um, so I was kind of like, maybe you see her take the mantle um, till T'Challa gets back. And then, like, obviously she'll, she'll give it back to him. But what if the people have already embraced her? But then I thought, I thought none of this really matters because, like, half the people are dead. So it's like, <laughs> when all the people return, it'll be like, we'll just start things from fresh. Like, I, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, it was just weird seeing Sherry dead because there was never any confirmation that she died. Like, it wasn't shocking to see Valkyrie because I believe the, the Russo said she escaped on a ship with some Asgardian. Like, and then she had survived because they were saying how Aunt May survived, Valkyrie survived. Um, so it was kind of just like, oh, okay, cool. Well, we know she survived, so that's not that shocking. But Sherry, I didn't know she was dead. <laughs> like, it's an assumption <laughs> you can make, but I didn't no one ever came Doug, up and said she died. Doug's alive. I need to know if Doug is alive because I need more Doug. Oh, Doug. <laughs> See, what would be sad is if Doug survives, but uh, his little his little uh, his little buddy no, didn't. That'd be really sad. <laughs> Morg or whatever his name is, that'd be really sad. Um, but yeah, Morg. yeah, in game in game is gonna be so much fun, so so emotional. Um, we've been invested in these movies for like what eleven, twelve years now, um, and to see the original six possibly come to an end, I can tell you this now, guys. Thor's not dying, because out of everybody of the original six, Chris Hemsworth came out publicly and said he would love to come back as Thor. Everybody else is like, I am kind of sick of playing a superhero. Like, I'm good to move on. Um, and Chris Hemsworth's like, nah, I got nothing better going on. Sure, yeah, bring me back. I'll do it for Thor. I'm cool. Thor 3 was the movie I least wanted to see, and I, I think it's my favorite solo movie now of, 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 well, of the MCU. Well, because Thor, right? Thor Ragnarok, like, you know, rejuvenated Chris Hemsworth's want to play this character because he had even said after Dark World he was feeling a little iffy. Then Ragnarok came out, and he was like, yeah, let's do this. I want more after this. How amazing is it that – but then two movies, they took Thor from, like, the Avenger I care the least about, and then after Ragnarok and and, and, and Infinity War, he's my favorite. He's my favorite in two movies. That's incredible that they were able to do that. Cap and Tony are going to die. I'm sorry. I'm putting it out there. They're both dying. Uh, well, Tia, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on on the limb of this. I'm gonna say uh, Cap decides to stay in the past, so that way they can revisit um, Chris Evans as Captain America down the road. And I'm gonna say oh, Stark just retired. Is this a prediction time? Here's what, they're gonna be messing with time in this movie, and I think they're gonna set up some way that that Captain America gets to go back to his own time and be with Peggy, and that's how they're gonna leave it open for if Chris Evans yeah. ever wants to return to the role. They're not going to kill him. Yeah. But then who's going to die? Like, I feel like someone... I Natasha dies. I'm sure this is with time. Who knows? Natasha dies. <laughs> I, can, I can almost guarantee that because her movie is, an, uh, is a prequel. Um, you can right. see Hawkeye dying. You can see Hulk dying. I, I mean, since Universal is the stingiest... I thought Hawkeye was going to die in Ultron. I did, too. I thought they set up that whole movie for him to die, which I was really upset that he didn't. Um, but I got Ronan <laughs> out of it, so I'm cool. Um, I'm going to say this. If Cap does die, this is how I think Cap dies. Um, I'm hearing, again, this is grain of salt. I'm hearing there's a chance you could see start building Infinity Gauntlet. I could see the way that they've built Cap to being superbly OP. I could see start trying to, to wear it but Cap making the ultimate sacrifice knowing that if he dons it, he will die. So he uses it, defeats Thanos, and you start to see him kind of like break apart, like break away. Um, And then you could go with a million theories of like he's trapped in the soul stone or anything like that. 
but it will seemingly it. look like Cap dies. Um, so there'll be no permadeath, is what we're all saying. There will be no permadeath for Captain America in this. No, to me, I think if you're if you're Mar if you're Marvel um, MCU or Disney, why would you want one of the most polarizing characters in the MCU today to permanently be gone? Like it just it, it no. wouldn't make sense. I think the best thing to do is seemingly have him die. So if you have him disappear and then they stumble across the 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 space stone again they'll find out Cap's trapped in there and they can bring him back. Um, but no, I mean, come on now. You, you kill them all, um, and then we possibly get X-Men versus the Avengers, and, like, there's no Cap, there's no Iron Man. Are you serious? I don't want that. Yeah, no thanks. Me neither. So it's like, I, I don't think it's smart to do it. But, Tia, Mike, I want to thank you both for joining me for an all-new episode of Geeks Against the Grain. We went everywhere, huh? but again... I'm, I will forever want us to go everywhere in our conversations because we always find our way back. Um, <laughs> so I want to thank you both. Uh, make sure you guys tune in to um, – actually, Mike, very quickly, if you want to plug your show very quickly. Geek Media Core. It's on the G, uh, GBN's uh, iTunes feed and my own feed now. Just search Geek Media Core, C-O-R-P-S, like Green Lantern Core. Absolutely. And stay tuned for Top Ten and Geek Vibes Vibes this weekend. And until next time, peace. Same back channel, guys. <laughs>